churches come together, over 30 churches this year working together, share fest. Make sure to sign up. Let's participate and make a difference in our community. Amen? And isn't it fitting that on April 15th it's a blood drive? <laughs> you, oh, I just thought that was great. April 15th. You won't forget that day. All right. <laughs> if you're here today and you don't own a Bible, would you hold your hand up? We just want to give you one, our gift to you. And I uh, want to encourage everybody, get in the Word, study the Word, grow in the Word, know the Word, apply the Word, live the Word. Look at somebody, tell them, get in the book. Yes. Amen. You got your Bible with you? Yes. Okay, let's stand together one more time. Hold that Bible up. Let's make a confession together. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. See, I've got an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give our great God one more great praise. Come on. Hey. All right. That's it right there. Marty's having revival. All right. Praise God. You're walking with God? Amen. Bible tells us we're supposed to be walking with God. Isn't that an awesome invitation? God would say, come on, I'll walk with you. I, I just love walking with God. I've got to tell you something. It, it, is a, uh, it, it is a quest that God has invited you to participate in, and it, it, it's a thrilling experience to just walk with God. Amos 3.3, remember, says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? I just want to encourage you, continue to go to God. Ask him to show you the areas of your life where you're in disagreement with God. Trust me, there are some. Okay? There are some. You, you ain't that good. Right? I mean, you're good, but you ain't that good. There's stuff going on where you're, you're not, in, not in alignment with the Word of God. It's okay. Remember, take the test of faith, and if you don't pass the test, then do something about it. But take the test, make sure you're still in the faith. So go ahead and ask God, show me. Open my eyes and show me great and wonderful things, which I knewest not. You know what's hard for a lot of us? is to admit that we don't know everything. Come on now. You know that's hard for some of you guys because every time you say something to you, you go, I know. <laughs> don't, don't you love talking to people like that? I mean, their whole world's upside down and in a mess, and you start talking, and everything you say, they say, I know. I want to ask them if you knew how come it's like this then. But anyways, that's a whole other message. You have to be willing to admit you don't know everything. So show me some stuff I don't know. Amen. Jeremiah 33, 3. He said, call unto me. I'll answer you. Show you great and mighty things which you knew not. Hidden things, thin things, secret things. God's, God's saying, I know some stuff you don't know. Can you believe that? That God would know some stuff you don't know. Well, let's get to know God then. And let's find out what he knows and then live in agreement with it, Right? And, and if you're in agreement with the Word of God, it won't be long till you are growing, right? Everything God's given you, He expects you to grow it, right? And we've been, we're talking about godly resources on winning. God wants you to win in life. He wants you to have a successful, increasing, abundant, to the top, till it overflows life. And some of us, you know what? We've got a lot of room for growth, right? Come on now, let's grow. God took Adam, put him in the garden, said, dress and keep it. What does that mean? That means make that thing fruitful. I mean, what's one of the first things God said to man? Be fruitful. Be increased. You know, here's the scripture for you. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I wish above all things. He, you know, how many of you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? Well, then he could have said anything. He, he could have said, I wish above all things. Matter of fact, some of your translation says, it is my prayer. My highest prayer is that you would prosper and be in hell. He could have said, my highest prayer is that you would walk in forgiveness. He could have said, my highest prayer is that you would love one another. No, he said, my greatest desire is that you would experience supernatural increase in all the areas of your life. God wants you to increase. You're not accountable to God only for that which you possess, but you're also accountable to God for the potential that's locked inside that which you possess. 
Go read the story about the talents. Who, you know, the guys that made it multiply, they were blessed. The guy who, who didn't do anything with it, he was in deep yogurt. Right? Now, how are you going to live your life? You're going you're gonna to grow? Or are you just going to play hide and seek and hang on till Jesus comes? Well, just hang in there. You, you know, hang in there till Jesus comes. Show me that in your book. That's not dominion. That's not ruling. That's not reigning. That's not walking in victory. That's not more than a conqueror. That's a big, fat, hairy coward looking for an easy way out. It's third service, spring break. We're getting in the car right after church, taking off. I'm going to hammer you today. Ha, <laughs> ha, you know, sometimes I, I listen. I listen to my messages because I, I, I do. I listen to my messages. I go online, download it, look, play it on the. You, you realize you can go out to our website, get all the messages, just click it. Matter of fact, you can have it downloaded instantly to your iPod. It'll just do it for you. But I, I listen to our messages. I listen to, to the message. And, and sometimes I ask myself, how does the church grow? You know, because, you know, I'm kind of hard sometimes. Laying it out, you know, I'm listening to myself getting under conviction. I don't know how many times I've said, I'm not listening to him anymore. <laughs> Today, I'm not going to treat you like I'm a chaplain. You don't need a chaplain. You need a pastor. Okay? And we're going to lay this stuff out here. You are going to grow or you're probably going to go. Because right? we're going to drive you nuts if you refuse to grow. Because God wants us to grow. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to grow. <laughs> Look at Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. You know, it doesn't seem like that would be like a huge request, but the fact is, that's kind of a challenge right there. How many times in your book does it say the just shall live by faith? You know, faith is kind of an important deal. Somebody say amen. Yes. You know, Jude uh, chapter 1 verse 20, we don't have that for you if you want to look at it. Jude, that's the second to the last book in your Bible. It's just a, probably a page, page and a half long in your book, one chapter. Verse 20, it says, building up your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You're building up your faith, causing that faith to grow. Cause your faith to grow. Have some faith in God, but, but don't, don't, just, don't just get it. You know, don't just pray that little prayer and then you know, hope that you make it to heaven. No, grow that faith. Because this is how you can live. You're going to live by faith. You're going to live by faith. Build up your faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. So, now, let me just say this to you, and this is not my message today, but yet you've you got to wrap your brain around this because some of you are like, well, I don't think the Holy Spirit's for today. Hello, somebody. If I was the devil, and I'm not. But if I was the devil, I'd want you to believe that. So that you wouldn't be able to edify yourself. So you couldn't pray. You wouldn't have that prayer language. You wouldn't be able to strengthen yourself. You know, there are times you don't know what to do. So you say, I want to encourage you. Every day, pray in the, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And you know what? To be led by the Spirit, you can't be afraid of the Spirit. Well, I don't want to be weird. See, that's, a, that's that other mentality that the enemy wants to sow into you and that you, you latch on to so freely, so that, you know, you, you, you're so agreeable to that thought. God ain't trying to make you weird. He's trying to empower you. He's trying to infuse you with an inner strength so that you, like Paul, can say, I am ready for anything equal to everything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with an inner strength. What's that inner strength? It's the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. Build up your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. If you ain't praying in the Holy Ghost, you might have faith, but you ain't going to grow it. Okay? Romans ten seventeen says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You're going to get faith by hearing it, but how are you going to grow the faith? In the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you're going to grow your faith. You've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to be praying in the Spirit. If you're afraid of the Spirit, you're going to have faith. It just ain't going to be great faith. Okay, here's the deal. You, you want a great future, you've got to have great faith. You've got a little tiny faith, then you're going to have a little tiny future. Because well, you're going to live by faith. If you're either going to live by faith on demand or faith on purpose. Trust me, faith on purpose is much more fun than faith on demand. 
right? But, but if you call yourself just, if you call yourself a believer, you're justified, then you will live by faith. I can show it to you in the book. You've got to live by faith. It's either going to be because you've got so much trouble, you have to live by faith, or it's because you, you are so bold that you are placing the man on your faith yourself. Right? The ushers are going to hand out a card right now. And uh, today I want to talk about faith. And I have to be careful because, you know, we've, we've, all, we, we've all heard everything about faith. We can't learn anything at all about faith. And, and uh, uh, remember, Romans ten seventeen, faith cometh by hearing, not by heard. So don't just turn your brain off. But let's, let's, take a, let's take a look at faith from a little bit different perspective. Now, on this card that we've made here for you, I want you to take this home. And after you've memorized the things on the back, then give it to somebody else. But every day, get up and go over these things. Find your strength. Act like a believer. Increase your praise. Talk life to yourself. Notice we put life in, in little parentheses there. We were going to say, just talk to yourself, but then you already do that. And it's probably not life. And then, um, last but not least, have some fun. Come on, let's read that together out loud. Find your strength, act like a believer, increase your praise, talk life to yourself, have some fun. One more time while they're still passing them out. Some of the guys are going, I, 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 okay, do it together. Find your strength, act like a believer, increase your praise, talk life to yourself, have some fun. Memorize these five points, okay? So that every day you just get up, okay, uh, I'm going to find my strength. I'm acting like a believer. I'm increasing my praise. I'm talking life to myself. Now, I'm going to have myself some fun. Because next week and the week after that, when I walk up to you and say, hey, quote those five things, the guys that can do it are going to be rewarded, and the guys that can't are going to be stoned. Just kidding. No, no, the stone part stone part's just, just a joke. <laughs> One guy in the back said, I'm stoned right now. Okay. <laughs> Told you, second service, spring break. Woohoo! Faith gone wild, right here in the house. Woohoo! Okay. All right. You only live by faith. Faith's pretty important stuff. Hebrews eleven one says, "Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." Faith is the substance. Substance is a word meaning material. Everybody say material. Okay. Faith is the material that things things. What's that? That's stuff. You want some things? Do you own some things? Have you seen some things? Have you held some things? What is it? Stuff? Well, faith is the material that stuff is made out of. The stuff you want is going to be made out of the material that we call faith. It's the evidence, the title deed, the confirmation of things that you can't even see right now. When you go, you know, when, when you're by faith reaching into the future and pulling into your present stuff that you need right now, you know what? The material that it's made out of is called faith. There's a way to activate your faith. There's a way to utilize your faith. There's a way to grow your faith. There's a way to demonstrate faith. There's, there, faith is pretty important stuff. Let me see my Bible a second. Uh, oh, you got your Bible with you. Open it up to Hebrews 11. Just, just look at this for a second. Faith is pretty, you know, it's kind of powerful. I know we all, we've all been around the faith message. We know everything about it. But uh, <laughs> that's just me digging a little. Okay. Verse 1, now faith is. Verse 2, for by faith the men of old. Verse 3, by faith we understand. Verse 4, prompted by faith, Abel. Verse 5, because of faith, Enoch. Verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. Verse 7, prompted by faith, Noah. Verse 8, urged on by faith, Abraham. Verse 9, prompted by faith, he dwelt. Verse 11, because of faith, Sarah also received. Hello, somebody? We got, we got some stuff. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham uh, was put to the test. He passed the test. Verse 20, with eyes of faith, Isaac looking far into the future. Verse 21, prompted by faith, Jacob did his thing. Verse 22, uh, actuated by faith, Joseph, he, he had a pretty good deal. Verse 23, prompted by faith, Moses did his thing. Aroused by faith, verse 24. Uh, verse 27, motivated by faith, he left. By faith, in verse 28, by faith, he instituted. Verse 29, urged on by faith, the people crossed the Red Sea. Because of faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Verse 31, by faith, Rahab did her thing. Hello, somebody. What shall I say further? Verse 32, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the Goths, who, who all by faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, got blessed, and closed the mouth of lies. They all did it by faith. Oh, great, Ethel, we're in a faith church. Well, would you rather be in an unbelief church? No, we live by faith. Come on, somebody. 
We live by faith. Well, you're going to live by faith. How are you going to do it? Well, first thing you got to do is grow that faith. I said grow your faith. Now put a demand on your faith. How do you grow a muscle? You work it out. You know, you go into the gym, you tear it down, you give it recovery time, you go back and do it again. Right? Get a lot of water. The Bible says that his word is water. Get a lot of word, get a lot of water, and grow that faith muscle. Amen? Don't be hanging on to, you know, don't be hanging on to, to what grandma believed and what grandpa said. And, no, right? get into the word of God and grow your faith. How are you going to walk in agreement to the word if you don't know what the word says? You have no idea how many times people come in, they got all kinds of trouble, and the, the issue with their trouble is that they've never lined their life up with God's word. Look at Proverbs 13, 13. In the message, Proverbs 13, 13, it says, Ignore the word and suffer. Honor God's commandments. Grow rich. Ignore the word and suffer. You know when suffering's injected into your situation? It's when you've been ignoring the word. You know what? Jeremiah 29, 11, My plans will prosper you, not harm you, give you hope and future. Do you hear suffering in God's plan? Well, when do we suffer? When we've ignored his word. We know all kinds of things about our situation. We know everything except what God says to do in that kind of a situation. That book you hold in your hand, that Bible, that is a compilation of different accounts a given a living example of what it looks like to walk with God in differing circumstances. What's it look like to walk with God when the government's against you? Against you. Against you. Well, gee, gee, Paul, I don't know what to mean. Okay. <laughs> Bless your heart. Okay. Whole another message. Okay. Now, now here's the deal. Read, read about Daniel. The government told him don't pray. He said, I got to pray anyways. What happened? That's what it looks like walking with God. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What's it look like to walk with God when the government seems to be against you? Read about Joseph. What's it, what's it look like to walk with God when your dream's been snatched away by a family member? Read Joseph. What's it look like to walk with God when you have a, a, a desire to, to, to produce and have increase, but all you see in your life is barrenness? Read Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren, sing, break forth into singing, and cry aloud for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. Hello, somebody? What's it look like? What's it look like to walk with God in the same situation you got? Well, nobody's had a situation like mine before. <laughs> Please. 25 years of, of you know, with Shelby and I, 25 years of, of ministry, people come and, 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 and their, their family, their marriage is too explosive. Not one time have somebody came in and said, this is what's going on in our marriage, and we had to excuse ourselves because we had never heard of that before. It's all common. Say, the enemy's using the same strategic warfare against you that he does everybody else. It's in the book. Ignore his word, you're going to suffer. Honor his word, you're going to grow rich. Amen? Not, well, it's all about money? No, rich, man. You're going to have life. Every arena of life is going to be to the top, in abundance, overflowing life. I promise you that when you do what he said, he will produce what he promised every single time. So grow that faith. How do I do it? Number one, find your strength. Look at your neighbor and say, find your strength. Look at Nehemiah 8.10. We'll put it up there for you. He said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. For the day of the Lord is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry. I can stop right here today and preach for an hour. Quit living like you're sorry. I said, quit living like you're sorry. The most blessed people on the planet walking around like we all done something wrong. Knock it off. You're called to God, anointed of God, equipped of God. You got the hand of God, his fingerprints all over you. God looks at you, he smiles. What are you frowning about? 
Find your strength. The joy of the Lord. Look at that. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, come on, somebody. Get joy going. Get joy going. Isn't it crazy to hang out with a group of believers that look like they've been baptized in pickle juice? Sour at life, mad at the government, looking at sin and darkness. Get born again. That's the wrong life, guys. Wrong life. You're supposed to have joy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17. Rejoice evermore in everything. Give thanks. Oh, come on, somebody. In everything, give that. Get joy flowing. Well, you don't understand what's going on in my work. Do you want to humiliate hell? Oh, come on. Do you want to humiliate hell? Then while it's doing everything it can to ruin your life, stand up and say, I got joy like a river. Spring up, oh well, gush, 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 gush. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man, get some joy. <laughs> you ought to have joy. Well, there's a big, bad, mean devil. He has been defeated. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. Destroy, not break, destroy. That which is broken can be repaired. To destroy means to annihilate and render powerless forever. So you've got a defeated enemy that's been dictating your life. How did that happen? You gave up your strength. You thought your strength was in finances. You thought your strength was in planning. You thought your strength was in numbers. You, you thought your strength was somewhere else. You're, it's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. You want to talk about humiliating hell? When, 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 it's t when, when the whole world's in agreement that you should be crying and you stand up and say, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Resurrection life, right? After death has wore itself out, life stands back up again. So in the middle of your thing, oh, you might have days where, where the, you know, the smile's knocked off your face, but you ain't ever going to have a season where the joy's been ripped from the root of your heart. No, I got joy that's deeper than that. Now realize that, that joy is not necessarily happy. Happy is based on happenings. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Right? So joy, in, or, in order to have joy, you got to grow that too. That's a fruit of the Spirit. That's going to be developed. And, and you have to be willing to recognize whether or not you actually have joy. So you've got to have somebody in your world that you can go to and tell them, look me in the eyes, do, do you see the joy of the Lord in my life? And please don't, don't ask your mama. Okay? I, my mother's an incredible woman of God, and she loves me too much. Nobody loves you like your mama. I could do any stupid thing I want to, and my mom would wave a white hanky and say, You go, son. So proud of you. So ask somebody who will tell you the truth. Okay? I'm serious. Ask somebody. Do you see the joy? Am I, am I a good demonstration of the joy of the Lord? Because i, I got to tell you something. We're going to go through these five points today. But you can, do, you can do all the rest of them if you want to. But if you don't get find your strength first, it don't make no difference. you got to have that joy. You 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 got you you got to have joy, okay? Yeah, I said you've got to have joy. That's the thing that that annihilates the power of hell. Joy. Look at your neighbor. Just check them out. Just see if they got some. Okay, number two. Number two. Act like a believer. Everybody say act like a believer. Now I told you I'm gonna be pastoral today. I'm gonna be like a coach. Okay, this ain't no chaplaincy service. Act like a believer. If you are not going to act like a believer, stop telling people you are one. All right? Marty told me to say that. <laughs> act. Act like a believer. James 1, 22 through 25 in the Amplified. Look at this. Be a doer of the word, obey the message. 
Now, you realize that faith is not simply believing regardless of circumstance, but it is obeying regardless of consequence. See, if you're going to live by faith, if you're going to grow your faith, you've got to start obeying God. So be a doer of the word, obey the message, not just a listener who's betrayed himself. You know, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only who's deceived himself. See, a lot of us have allowed ourselves to be deceived. You think you're a believer and you don't obey nothing. Hear me? Well, in, in the day and age that we live, see, there's, there's coolness. And we have, to, we have to fit into coolness in order to be effective. Deceived. You, you know the definition of the word cool. Not so hot. Okay, so it, if your ambition in life is to be a not so hot believer, we call that lukewarm. That makes God vomit. Just quoting Bible. You're too cool to obey God. Too cool to obey God? Don't, don't be a listener to it who's betrayed yourself. Look at verse 23. If anyone only listens without obeying, he's like a man who looks at himself in a mirror. Mmm, I look good. Then he goes to verse 24, goes off and forgets who he is, what he's like. Verse 25. He who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, be not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be, he shall be, he shall be blessed in his doing. How come God ain't blessing what I'm doing? Well, probably because you aren't an obedient doer. You think you're a great listener. You can quote scriptures, but you can't walk nothing out because you're in disobedience to the Word of God. See what I mean when I said I listen to these tapes and wonder how does the church grow? You realize that all over the country, this is not the most popular message. It's not, it's not all that popular to tell you, okay, guys, now we've got to obey the Word. Now, it's more popular to tell you, you can live any way you want to as long as you're a member. Hello? You, just, you know, you, you can do anything you want to, and we're just going to embrace you, and we're going to love you, and we're going to squeeze you, and we're going to tell you, it's okay, Jesus loves you. Unless, of course, you're in sin. He might love you, but he hates sin. There are some things God hates. I don't think I'd want to be doing it whether you love me or not. I don't want to be doing what God hates. You better start, you better line up and, 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 and do what the Word of God says to do. And if you're not going to do it, then throw away the T-shirt, sell the car with the bumper sticker, and quit telling people that you are a believer. Because when you say, I'm a believer, they connect you to God. And the reason our society has a wrong picture of God is because we have lived a wrong demonstration of what it is to be connected to God. If you're going to be a believer, act like one. Look at your neighbor and say, act like it. Well, what do you mean act like it? Okay, man, listen. If you're going to be a believer, love your wife. Even as Christ loved the church, love your wife. Is that thing still on? Well, I love my wife when she starts honoring me. That's not what the book says. The book says to love your wife. Get on with it. Ladies, it says, honor your husband. I can't. He's a fool. <laughs> he, he, he must be. I mean, look who we married. Just kidding. Ooh, yeah, like I'm the bad guy. Yeah, like I'm the bad guy up here. You don't honor your husband because he deserves it. You honor your husband because God told you to. You're walking in obedience. Here, young person, obey your parent. Oh, yeah, now, come on now. <laughs> but if you're going to be a believer, obey your parents. 
Walk in obedience to God's word. Here, let's get off of the family stuff. If you're going to be a believer, give. <laughs> well, I don't think, you don't think, you don't know what the book says about giving, do you? Well, I don't think he really meant that. Well, what do you think he really meant when he said, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse? What did he really mean? Well, that was under the law. That was also in the New Testament. But you think you're free from the law? There's 1,050 commandments in the New Testament. How, how come all of a sudden the only portion of the law that you're free from is the giving one? That, that's under the law. That's under the law. Okay, so under grace, it's not a portion. It's everything. You, dude, I can show you in the book. Ain't none of it yours. You're just a steward and it's all his, so get it on in here. Under the law. Well, that means that I can murder you then. Because I'm free from the law. I just kill you and tell God you died. That's like the dumbest excuse I've ever heard. That's under the law. How come if you're free from the law, you got tight? Sermon on the Mount, there are three things Jesus said when you do, when you pray. So if you're a believer, pray. If you're not going to pray, quit calling yourself a believer. When you fast, geez, I hate to say this, but if you're going to call yourself a believer, you need to fast. And it's that when you give, if you're going to be a believer, act like one, be a giver. See, the fact is, is that the blessing of God is flowing. And when you get into agreement with God's word, you, you actually just move out deeper. There's a place where God wants to bless you financially. He wants to prosper you. Well, I can't afford to give. I know sin is really expensive, isn't it? Can't afford to give. You, you go buy a case of beer. How much is a case of beer? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Oh, Pastor Herbert knows. <laughs> sin's pretty expen sin's pretty expensive. Walked in sin, created all that problem. Now you gotta pay for it, you got tickets to pay. That other God you served, he, he, got, he got all kinds of money from you. Are, are you telling me that you traded obedience to God for a jet ski? Oh, now he's gone to meddling. <laughs> well, the good news for you is you only got about seven, eight more minutes of this, and then you can go ride to your jet ski. If you're going to be a believer, act like it. Believers give. Believers are blessed, and they're a blessing. Act like it. Act like somebody who rules. Act like somebody who's in charge. Act like somebody who believes God. Come on, somebody. Let's go on to number three, just because you guys are messed up. Increase your praise. Everybody say, increase your praise. Let's say it together. Increase your praise. I don't care what level you're at, you can, you can get better. Increase your praise. Increase your praise. Hell is hunting you. Shoot back. Increase your praise. Now, if you want the full story, read Genesis 15, 1 through 11. But let me just tell it to you, okay? Abram has got this thing going with God. God, I want to be blessed. God says he opens up the tent and he says, look at the stars. Can you count them? No, there's too many. I can't even count. And God said, well, what I'm going to do for you is just like I'm going to blow your mind. Okay, he did not actually tell him, if you can count those stars, I'm going to give you one child for every star. He said, look at the stars and see if you can count them. And Abraham said, I can't even count them. And God said, when you're done counting, wow, I bless you, you won't be able to number that either. And he said, well, I, I, I'd, like, I'd like to hold you to that. And God said, well, then get in covenant agreement with me. Well, how do I do that? Well, make a, bring a sacrifice. Okay, look at verse 10, uh, uh, Hebrews 15, 10. And he took him all these and he divided them in the midst. He, he had, well, go, can you go back to 9? Like F9, I think. 
He said, take a heifer three years, she-goat three years, ram three years, turtle doves and young pigeon. What's he doing? Okay, we're going to have a sacrifice now. What's that going to do? That's going to lock this agreement in covenant. Okay, we're going to have a sacrifice. Now look at 10. And he took all those things and he divided it the way it's supposed to be. He handled it the correct way. Verse 11. And the fowl of the air came down upon the carcass, but Abram drove them away. Now you understand that your sacrifice today is not in the blood of bulls and goats and sheep and turtle doves, but we bring the sacrifice of praise. So your praise is a sacrifice to God. But just like, just like the birds try to come down and, and steal Abram's sacrifice, there, there's the fowl of the air in the spirit realm that's trying to come and steal your praise. So what you've got to do is you've got to get an attitude that says, you know what? I refuse to give my praise away. You ain't going to take my praise. I'm going to find whatever I have to, and I'm going to fight off the foul of the air so it, can, it ain't going to touch my... Go, go ahead. Come here, Tony. Try to, try to get my praise. Take your stinking head off before I give up my praise. Now, I'm here today to ask you, what took your praise? Well, I don't feel like it. Your praise is the sacrifice which locks God into a covenant to give you what he promised you. Let me submit this to you. Here's a crazy thought. Some of us have tried to give financial offerings to God in, in hopes that that would lock God into blessing us financially. See, you thought he might not be cheap, but he can be bought. If I, if I put the right amount in and pull the right lever, he's like a vending machine, and I'll get, I'll get my payday. No. God's already promised to bless you. But you can lock that agreement in covenant with God through praise. You, you want to be blessed? Start praising him. And when the fowl of the air come to take your, 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 your sacrifice, fight them off. You ain't getting my praise. You ain't getting my praise. How are the fowl going to come? They're going to come in the form of bills. They're going to come in the form of, of struggle. It's going to come in the form of challenge. But no, you're going to humiliate praise, and you're going to say, I'm going to praise him anyways. Mm -mm. I, I'm going to praise him. Look at Psalms 54, 6. Psalms 54, 6. It says, with a free will offering, Oh, here we go. Offerings. Yeah, with a free will offering, I will sacrifice you. I will give thanks and praise to your name, for it is good. Now, I bring the sacrifice of praise, and I'm a, I, what I'm doing is I'm aligning myself with your promise, and I'm thanking you that you are good to your word. My praise is going to agree with your promise. And the enemy comes and, okay, what's his promise? Uh, let's talk about health. So the enemy comes to, 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 to take that health. And what do you, what are you vocal about? How your body feels or what God promised you in the physical realm? So you're going to agree with one or the other. Is it God or is it the enemy? You act like a believer and increase your praise. Go around making sure everybody knows you're hurting. You know, you could get away with that for a little while. But at a certain point, coach would send you to the bench. You're too much of a distraction. You got the whole team thinking about how you, how you feel instead of the victory that we're fighting for. So if you can be like that, sit on the bench, become the water boy. And if you can't do a good job at that, hang out in the locker room where I don't have to look at you. Hello? Making sure everybody knows your aches and your pains and your, 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 your disappointments and your hurts. Join the club. But an A-level player is a whole different player. He's going to have praise going on, especially when he can justify not. 
Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected praise. He was quoting from Psalms 8 where it quotes this, that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. Are you sure? Just a thought. Think about it. Just a thought. Are you sure that in the middle of a praise service, you want to be the silent one? Being the silent one means that you are in agreement, in alignment with the enemy. Praise will silence the enemy. So if you're silent, you are now in agreement with the enemy. Well, well, I don't sing very good. Right, that's why you're out there and the microphones are up here. We're not asking you to go solo. We're asking you to act like a believer and increase your praise. Why? Because if you can't praise in here, you will not have a shout of victory and a hope of faith out there. You've got to learn to do it here so you can go out there and increase your praise. One other thing that you might just consider, that if, if, you're, if you're drawing the attention to you here, then you're probably doing it out there. But if you come in and, and, and fake it in here and then go out there and still whine rather than shine, then you're a poser. Big, fat, hairy faker. And the problem with that is you'll always be found out. You know, it, it troubles me when believers are, are great on the surface in the parking lot and in the congregation, and then they fight like cats and dogs all the way to the house. They bicker all week long. They treat each other, you know, like they're world's worst enemy. They complain about the school teachers, on, you know, for our children and the coaches. It's all political. And it's all, we teach negativity to our children. We, we are, show up late for work and tell them that we were praying for somebody in the parking lot. We represent very poorly. We don't do a good job. We, we go through life like a loser and then walk in and say, well, hallelujah. <laughs> and when your world blows up, you act shocked. Number four, <laughs> talk life to yourself. Say that with me. Talk life to yourself. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. You know this one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. See, it's not just death. It's not just don't talk negative. It's that you got to talk life. There are areas of your world that are never going to enjoy life until you start talking to it. Well, I feel stupid talking to it. What do you mean? You've been complaining about it for years. You talk negativity to it like, like, like it's a free-flowing gift. Now you got to talk life. And, and you're uncomfortable with it. I get it. But you still got to do it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you don't speak to it, ain't nobody else going to do it for you. You got to be the voice. I said, you've got to be the voice. And you can't only be the voice for you. You got to be the voice for your house. See, the devil's convinced our society that we shouldn't speak for our children. You know, well, we go to church, but we're not going to force the kids to go to church. We're trying all the time to get people to get their kids in here on Wednesday night to youth church 24-7. It's good for your kid. He's going to go, well, you know, he just really doesn't want to go, and we don't want to force him. How stupid is that? The world is doing everything it can to rip your child out of the faith, and you're going to stand back and be all softy about it. Joshua of old said, as for me and my house, we're serving God. You need to, you need to be the voice. You, 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 need, you, you need to be the voice that says, I, we're going to have life in this house. I've tried some of that soft approach. It does not work. It does not produce the desired result. So be the voice. Speak life into your situation and into your kids. Son, you might not feel like it, but you're going to be serving God. Why? Because you're in my house. That is not who we are. Get in agreement with who we are. Well, I don't think I should have to do that. Okay, then get in your room. You can't hold me in my room forever. No, but I can for the next four years. 
You don't want to live, you don't want to be part of a house that's serving God? You know, I got a son that's 18. You don't want to live in a house that's serving God? Then go get your own house. Well, I would never kick my child out, neither would I. But I'd make mine make some choices. My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation. You're going to disrupt the peace? I guess you ain't dwelling here. Hey, hey, parent, while we're on this thing right here, you, you, know, you know your child's my space? That's your space. That's your space. Well, that's invasion of privacy. You know what? They're probably lying on there anyways. They ain't supposed to be on there to a certain age. You know, you know, if I head down the hall to go into one of my boys' bedrooms, you think I'm knocking first? Forget you. No, I'm going in. That's invasion of privacy. <laughs> Welcome to my kingdom. <laughs> you want to knock on a door? Then get your own house. And when you come here, knock on my door. Just be walking in here. You don't want me opening your door? You'd leave the refrigerator door shut then. Well, that's easier said than done. No, it isn't, you big sissy. Stand up and be the voice for your family. Amen. Well, that'll push them away. Uh, not you, you saying nothing and the world's coming at them in all different directions? You think that's more healthy? Trust me. Trust me. At least they'll know you actually believed what you said. Last but not least. Ha, <laughs> I got to close. I'm way over time. I know this, this is the express service. Uh, <laughs> I am expressing myself. Which brings me to number five. Have some fun. Amen. John 10, 10, that five. Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Yeah, can I, can I just tell you something? That if you will find your strength, you'll have a lot more fun. But if you'll begin to act like a believer, you'll find out that being a believer is a lot more fun than it used to be. If you just act like a believer, now I'm not talking about a member of a denomination. I'm talking about a believer. Sometimes being a member of a denomination is a drag. Not always, just sometimes. But you have a lot more fun if you just act like a believer. Hello? Come on. Learn this. Find your strength. Have some fun. Act like a believer. You have some fun. Increase your praise. It's a lot more fun to praise him than it is to complain to him. Have some fun. Be the voice. Talk life to yourself. You find out that talking life is a lot more enjoyable than all that negativity. You just got to retrain yourself. You just got to, you know, readjust. Hey, test and see if you're still in the faith right be the light man be the light you're going to find out that, that, that when he said you are the light to the world that he expected you to shine remember, remember this scripture in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the, he became flesh and he dwelt among men he, he was the light of the world the, the, that word light that word light is uh, development that the light coming into you, that life that's coming into you, when you when you are born again, the spirit is brought to life, is reborn, a new life comes in there, and the light comes on the inside. Have you ever met somebody, been with somebody, and before before they were born again, you know there was something on them. They, they were his life was dark, and you prayed the prayer, the sinner's prayer, and the, and a transformation took place, and their countenance changed. And it's like the light came on. Well, and see, that's Zoe life. That's the life that God's trying to birth inside of you. And that, that Zoe life is to, uh, is to equip you, to develop you, so that you can live the life of victory that you've been called to live. See, it, if you can't find your strength, it's because you're being more dictated by the, by the outward than you are the inward. See, the, the inward man. See, if you're really focused on what the outward man looks like, it's because you're not aware of what's going on on the inward, on the inward man. The Bible says the outward man's perishing every day, but the inward man's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. 
right? See, and if you can live your life dictated by the, by the inward, man, by, by that life that's in Christ, all of a sudden, oh, you begin to find that strength. You begin to act like a believer, even in areas where you couldn't before. You, you, you begin to just intensify your praise. It's going through the roof, man. Talking life to yourself is easy because that spirit, man, is alive, and he's, he's directing your steps. See, really, what it's all about is, is learning to separate from, from the carnal realm to the spiritual realm, being led by the spirit. Because when your spirit's alive and directing your steps... You're colliding with your strength. Your automatic, automatic response is, is to do what a believer would do. It, it's not a problem to talk live because the Spirit's talking. And, and you don't talk about having fun. Living the life of the Spirit. See, don't go to church. Don't go to church and, and pretend. Don't act like, well, I think this is right. Trust me, when you got Zoe life pumping through your veins, you won't need nobody to tell you that. Now, that's what we're talking about. Oh, hear me. Hear me. You, 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 you won't go through life wondering, Jesus, man, what is with this stupid routine over and over? And what is the deal? Where is it? No, you will get up one day and you go, good Lord, I got it. Life is pumping through my veins. Man, the things that used to knock me down only lift me up. The thing that used to be a weight, suddenly it, it's a new strength to my spirit. I am alive and well, you'll know. Some of you guys, some of you young guys, you grew up in church. And, and, and you know, it's like my boys, they grew up in church. And so much church, so much church. And, and it's so easy to be distracted on, on what it isn't and be tricked into thinking that's what it is. And our kids have never had a real connection to the reality of God in their life. And you know what's crazy? It's our, our members, they're in the same boat. Man, they think that going to church and attending a service and singing a couple songs and putting a bill in the bucket, that that's what it, nah, it's about the life that God wants you to have. It's all about that life. And if you are not absolutely positive this is it, you ain't got it yet, trust me. Because when, when Zoe comes alive on the inside of you, buddy, I got news for you. You find your strength. You're acting like a believer. You're increasing your praise. You are talking life everywhere you can go. And it's more obvious to you when you slip out of it than when you slip into it. That's what we're talking about. Close your book, bow your head, let me pray for you. Some of you guys are here right now.